The number of responsibilities and opportunities involved when starting a business or becoming a leader within an organization can overwhelm the best of us. It certainly overwhelmed David and Matthew. Join the two hosts as they interview successful leaders about their journey to leadership, including victories, failures, and realizations. This is Like It's Your Job, a podcast from TSG Publishing. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Like It's Your Job. I'm one of your hosts, David Shields. And I'm your other host, Matt Shields. And we're here today with our guest, Teal Cooper, co-founder of Vendibean. Good morning, Teal. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Good to have you on, Teal. Yeah, I'm really excited about today's discussion. Teal is a co-founder of Vendibean, which is a high-end espresso vending solution disrupting the office coffee and coffee vending industry. She launched the company in college with her younger brother, Tristan Cooper, and now has 200 machines in three states and a rock star team of 10 employees. Teal is also the host of the Real with Teal podcast, where she interviews the top thought leaders and entrepreneurs in how consciousness has played a massive role in contributing to their success and fulfillment. Welcome, Teal. Great to be here. So today we're talking about how business owners can cut through the day-to-day grind and find happiness in work and a little bit of balance. Everybody here, all three of us, I think, hustle on a regular basis. This is one of Matt's and my you know, numerous side hustles, so we understand it, and it can be hard to find balance. So Teal, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company and why that work-life balance journey is so important to you. Yeah, so my brother and I launched Vendy Bean in college. So my senior year, we kind of just saw a huge gap in the market for a need of high-quality coffee, of that's conveniently located and available 24 seven on the go for college campuses. So, you know, senior year of college up until now, it's been five years of launching the business. It's been a journey of a lot of highs and lows, and we've learned so much. We knew nothing about vending and nothing about the coffee industry starting. So we really had to get our hands dirty and, you know, get gritty, but we're super excited today to have, you know, 200 machines out in the wild and a team of 10, employees. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I imagine starting from scratch, you mentioned learning the vending industry, learning the coffee industry was had quite the learning curve to it. I, I always had a question every time I talked to you, do you like coffee? Are you a big coffee drinker? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I love coffee, but I thought I knew would know the answer. It'd be hard to yeah. do this business without being. For sure. Drinker. I love coffee, but I didn't know anything about it besides that. I liked the taste and how it made me feel. So, you know, the idea really came while we were studying abroad and I saw the concept of a high-end espresso vending machine overseas. And then my brother called me with the idea. Coincidentally, like he didn't even know that I, I saw that concept to begin with. So it was kind of like a light bulb moment. And then from there, we we're like, we need to do this because no one was really doing it. And yeah, I mean, I'm a huge coffee lover. And I mean, through the whole journey in the beginning of starting the company, I've evolved so much since then of really understanding what the work-life balance entails because in the beginning, you know, up until COVID really, I was revolving my entire self-worth around my business of like, Mm -hmm. I was so attached to it becoming successful. I I put my blood, sweat and tears along with my brother too for the past five years. And then COVID happened and it was just an extreme, you know, scary, unknown territory where it could be ripped out from under us overnight. And it really made us reflect and go inward and think, you know, what are we going to do if, if any bean is just crumpled to pieces and it was extremely scary. So I learned a lot through that experience of just kind of releasing detachment around it and learning how to find joy again, other than my business and figuring out like who I am outside of 
you know, my company and it's been a great learning experience. Well, I'm excited to jump in, jump into that conversation because, you know, every entrepreneur, I think, struggles with work-life balance. You know, your friends become professional acquaintances that you do business with and, you know, your other friends who just maybe work nine to fives don't really understand why you're sending emails at 10 on Saturday night, right? Because you have either a deal to catch or a vendor to help answer questions for so they can then get into the office early on Monday and deal with the problem. But real quick on Vendi, Vendi Bean, who is the typical customer for Vendi Bean? Are they office buildings, and, you know, businesses themselves that want to keep Vendi Bean? You mentioned college campuses. Just curious about who, who your typical customers are. So we have two models. One model is where there's a credit card solution on the machine, and it's like our retail model where we place those in college campuses, military bases, and hospitals. And then the other model is a subscription office coffee service where the company pays monthly for a complimentary Vendi Bean for their team. So those are typically like the higher, the larger companies that are really culture focused. So we're working with like BuzzFeed, HP, you know, a bunch of other cool companies in the area within different markets that we're in. Yeah. So they want to add it as a perk for exactly. their employees. Yes. Like an amenity for their team. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And how did you get into the military, the military contracting space? That is in and of itself. A very Honestly, different and unique space that, to operate. Yeah. And that was a miracle of COVID. Like once I released my attachment to, you know, dwelling and feeling like a victim of, you know, why is this affecting my business so badly while I'm seeing my friends' companies just like take off during mm-hmm. COVID, I started just putting my focus onto different things that really made me happy and feel good and find joy. And for that, you know, I took some courses on dropshipping. We decided to pivot and create a Shopify website and create a direct, a direct consumer product line. And once we started having fun with the creative process of all that, a Marine uh, legitimately DM'd us on Facebook and was like, I can get you guys on <laughs> base. And I was like telling Tristan, there's no way this is real. And what do you know, fast forward, we get our first military contract with Camp Pendleton and we put 20 machines on their base. And now we have 65 machines across five military bases throughout three different states. So it honestly was one of those things of like, I don't know, it's like once you understand how energy works in the universe of really like the laws of detachment and you're not putting all your focus on things that are not working, then things will really start to play out for you. Wow. Uh, That's a a great story. So military bases came from a pivot and it wasn't the pivot that you thought you were going to do, right? You thought the pivot was yeah. going to do DTC and e-commerce, which by the way, man, I've done this now two podcasts in a row and I, and I almost never do this. I did buy Vendi Bean coffee and it was amazing. It was really very, Oh my God. Amazing. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. The first time you and I talked, I was like, yeah, I'll just try the coffee. I'll figure it out. And I think I was order like 1003, which probably started at 1000 is my guess. <laughs> right. So maybe I was the third order. I, I think I, we had just talked right when you, when you, the website. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, very, very good coffee. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I say, I, I never plug products, but I've now done it too. Wow. Well, we don't I have to get rid of that rule and just start plugging products. In. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's intriguing about that uh, story. Thank you for sharing it. TL is that's a personal pivot, right? Yeah, as well no as a business pivot. One of my favorite quotes is, and, and we're getting to yours, but one of my favorite quotes is persist, pivot or concede. And you always have the choice. And that's a, that's a personal pivot as much as it was a professional one. Oh my God, totally. And, you know, sometimes I think that the personal pivots are the most important and we have to sometimes hit rock bottoms or really hard experiences in order to force us to change our perspectives on things and really see 
and experience in a different light. Because until, you know, I would stop playing the victim card of like, why me feeling sorry for myself and for my business, I wouldn't have been able to be in the creative, you know, joyful state of being for like a miracle like that to pop in. I love it. I love it. So let's go ahead and get to your quote of the episode today. This is a quote provided by you. And then we'll talk for a little bit about why it's important to you and why you chose it. So it is by Sonia Roman and Living with Joy. And that's a book. I'm assuming. Yeah, that's a book. Perfect. So Living with Joy by Sonia Roman. You have to believe it before you can see it. It all starts in your mind. So tell us a little bit about why you chose that quote and why it's important to you. Our beliefs and our thoughts create a reality. And what I mean by that is it's so important to really be in alignment with our subconscious programming. And for those who don't know what that is, from the age from zero to seven, our subconscious programming is formed. And ultimately, that is a belief system that's projected onto us from other people's beliefs. So we grow up and we have these beliefs that aren't even ours and they're they could be extremely limiting to us. So let's say we're raised by people who, you know, have a limiting belief around money and they think it's really hard to make money and money's hard to come by. Right. And then we're, we grow up, we're in our twenties, we want to start a business, but we have these limiting beliefs around money. We're not in alignment with our subconscious programming. So we really need to become aware of what our thoughts and beliefs are and how can we reprogram them into becoming alignment with what we actually desire. And so it all really starts in the mind. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, if they understood this, their lives would be so much easier because I for sure didn't understand this in the beginning. And I was swimming upstream for years. And so all the actions I was taking, all the execution was all just kind of counterproductive until I really realized that my thoughts and beliefs are really just creating the reality I'm living in. And once you shape the beliefs to, you know, what you're actually wanting to believe in to create success and to create, you know, things to happen with ease and for opportunities to pop in your lap. And once you're, you know, setting yourself up for success within your mind, I think it becomes way easier to actually like build your business in the right way. And you start to actually become more connected with what your roadmap should look like. Because I think as an entrepreneur, a lot of us get, you know, sidetracked by other people's advice and, oh, you should do this. This worked for me. But what worked for other entrepreneurs may not work for you. And it's really important to discern that. And we can't really do that unless we become you know, quiet with our thoughts and really become in alignment with our programming. Yeah. One thing we hear as a common theme for across all of these interviews is planning for the future is important. And that's, you know, obviously no surprise. Uh, I used to say a execution without a plan is really not execution at all, right? Because you're just drifting aimlessly, even though you're getting tasks done, you may feel productive. You don't really know what the end goal is. And you're adding an interesting element to it, right? And that's one of the reasons why I was very excited to have you on this episode. And that is, it's not just business planning, right? There is individual planning, personal planning, right? And I mean, of the person, even if it's professionally focused, that is required to, to really be successful. And even more importantly, to feel successful, right? Because that positivity breeds further success and further opportunity, both personally and professionally. No, totally. And yeah, I mean, I totally agree. This is such a timely topic, Teal, and you're obviously incredibly well-versed and very passionate about this because, you know, the personal, emotional, intellectual impact that COVID has had and the quarantine and the stress and the worrying about your health and of yourself and your loved ones just takes so much of a toll that it's like all of your emotional mental bandwidth goes to focusing on on that very real 
danger, right? That very real challenge that we're all going through right now. And everything else goes to financial security or your job or, you know, making sure that your professional career. So there really is not a whole lot of, of room there, right? Bandwidth to focus on yourself, right? And focus on where you've been and where you are now and where you're going. So this is an incredibly timely topic. And you obviously have a, a tremendous grasp on the framework on how to approach this. But what I'm kind of curious about is what do you do kind of day to day regularly to keep that balance and keep that focused on your on your mindset and your interpersonal health? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Because it's so important, especially when our actual reality is, you know, showing us all these negative things going around, going on around us, to really be able to not be affected by it and have a stronger internal sense of state and state of being in order to really like combat that. So for me, having a morning routine is everything. It's like a non-negotiable for me. And what I really focus on is, you know, visualization, doing some breath work and like journaling and really just getting it clear about what my intentions are of how I want to feel that day and what I want that day to look like, or maybe it's even that week or month. It's really about getting into the state and embodying the feelings that I want to feel. And so even if something really bad is happening, around me, I can get quiet and take five minutes to just like visualize and imagine as if I'm like getting into the states of feeling a certain way that I want to feel. So then when I like exit out of my, you know, meditation or my morning routine, I can, I'm better equipped to handle the outside world and the experiences I'm dealing with because I have like a stronger like mindset before doing that. And so morning routine is everything for me, taking time to be quiet with myself and see how I'm feeling being aware of what comes up because sometimes we're just so go, go, go. We don't take the time to really reflect and realize something's bothering us that we can deal with. And so it's, yeah, really having that time for myself in order to like set myself up for that day is really important for me. Yeah. It's almost like you're allowing yourself to refocus and mm-hmm. cut through the noise that may be on uh, Twitter or a car accident that happens outside of your house or the radio as you drive into the office or drive to your your new client or, or whatever the day may be. What I'm hearing from you is when you take the time to think about yourself and what your goals are and, and how you need to approach the day, you're able to cut through a lot of the external forces that come in and, and you know, try and either knock you off balance or distract you or whatever it may be. And you can really then focus on, on the goals for that day. Yeah. And just getting really clear on how is it that you want to feel that day? And what is it that you want? Like, what do you want your presence to be like when you walk into a room or when you have that meeting, how do you want to make that person feel like getting really specific and then just visualizing that day happen and and unfold in your mind really helps with, you know, going through that day, the way you actually want to show up. It always helps me in any sort of stressful situation to visualize the outcome. Right. Mm-hmm. And really concentrate not just on, you know, what has to be done or the enormity, but like, let, let's skip everything that has to get done. And what's the goal? Because once you kind of focus on that, you work backwards and focusing on what you have to be done that day or that week or that month and what your goals are typically helps you say, well, you know, to get there, you have some sense of how to get from A to Z. Right. If not a full plan. You have some sense and that I guess that focus and that clarity typically carries me through anything that's challenging. 
I'm not nearly the practitioner. I'm 1% of the practitioner that you are about that focus and visualization, but it is something that, that, you know, I've dabbled in and see the value in every day, personally, professionally, you know, all of it. Well, I mean, even just focusing on the outcome, like you said, is so important and it really helps a lot because it kind of, it does eliminate a lot of the stress. If you're just focusing on the outcome and visualizing that play out, then it's like you already kind of achieved it or it already happened. So it makes it less stressful in a sense. We talked a little bit about the process and we've already started started hitting on this just naturally during the conversation, but I want to talk specifically about some benefits that you've seen from this, you know, focus, right? Again, we've already hit on, on a little of these topics, but want to talk, you know, tactically about some of the, the benefits that you've seen personally, professionally, internally, externally, right? Has it helped your professional relationships, personal relationships, whatever it may be? Yeah. I mean, whatever you focus on is what you will attract in a sense. So it's like, if I'm focusing every day on the bad shit that's happening in my business or stress or things that are making me feel low, then I'm going to keep attracting that into my life. But once I start shifting my focus onto you know, maybe it's just this one person who made me happy or things that bring me joy or this one opportunity that fell into my lap or this deal I closed. And I start focusing on the things that are like high vibe and making me feel good. I'm going to attract more of those things into my life. So it's really important to know and become aware of what you're focusing on because you might not be aware of it, but you're just attracting more of it into your life. So if you're not liking your your life and what you're experiencing, it's most likely because you're focusing on the wrong things. And so for me, I mean, in my business, the Marine was a great example of like me changing the focus on finding joy and what makes me feel good and something, you know, an amazing opportunity drops into our lap. And that same thing happens for sales. Like one of my hats that I wear is sales in the business. And when I'm focusing on, you know, oh, we're not getting enough leads coming in, we're, you know, it's a slow period, then that's what's going to keep continuing to show up for me. Once I start shifting, maybe I'm changing my focus entirely on something else outside of sales that's actually working, sales will start to pick up. So it's like really focusing on the positives, not not saying to just be like optimistic all the time. Obviously, you know, looking at things in a rational, realistic way of when things don't go wrong, let's find a solution and fix it. But, you know, when things are working with sales and I'm getting, you know, maybe it's just one good lead, I'm really excited about that instead of saying, oh, but we only got one instead of like, we need 10 times more kind of thing. So, and then that works with, you know, relationships too. And it's like focusing on the right people and the people, you know, the right opportunities that can come into your lap versus on the lack of them. And how do you bring these principles and how do you see the benefits play out in your, in your team? You said there's 10 employees. I imagine two of those are you and Tristan. Yeah. So how does that affect the other eight individuals that you work with? So currently we have the eight employees are our field team. So they're our route team and our techs. So Tristan's more on like the management side of working with our team, our field team. So for me, we're working on also hiring two on our backend team who will be in our office every day. So once we have those a part of our office, this will definitely play out more of a role within that. But currently I'm not as like hands-on with management and like leadership in that regard for our field team, but we're all about the bottom-up approach and you know, if something's a concern or they're seeing something on the field that's concerning or they have a suggestion or idea, we always encourage them to, you know, bring it up to us. And we want to make sure that they're being heard and their ideas, you know, are valid. So if we're seeing something that could be changed in the right way, we always want to make sure that we're giving them like the credit and ability to make that difference within the company. Yeah. So there, there really is a, a bottom up management. 
style. And, and we do that often over here at, at the Shields Group as well as, you know, the people who are, you know, in the trenches, either talking to clients or working on deliverables. I mean, we do a lot of both of those things too, but, but it's nice to have that feedback loop available, both from a culture perspective, right? People we work with, employees feel heard. They feel, they feel like their inputs are valuable and they are valuable, right? It's one of the reasons why we have that channel open, but it also means that we're getting feedback directly from the people that need to give it the most, right? I don't yeah. know if you're in that, what, you know, your vending, which vending machines you use, right? But your text may say, look, we got to find a new vending machine technology because this one's always breaking down from this model here or whatever it may be. And that's not necessarily information that you or Tristan would have because you don't live it every day, right? You're not exactly. working on the machines, you're not refilling the beans, you're not, you know, making sure the grinder's spinning efficiently, none of, none of that stuff. Definitely. No, yeah. And it's really important because they're also customer facing when customers walk up and ask questions about the machine or they'll maybe say, you know, something that went wrong or give feedback. They're the ones speaking to our field team. So it's super important to have that like bottom up approach where they can relay that information to us. On a regular practice, repeated, you know, giving space for employees to to feel like they can focus on on, you know, the things that they feel like they need to and still communicate openly. All of that is a you know, requires some kind of top-down encouragement, right? Some expectation setting so that employees know that you and, and your brother want that feedback, right? And they they have the time and the space and the energy and the direction and the, you know, they're encouraged to spend that time focusing on, you know, on the things that they feel like they need to, right? And that's a top-down kind of organizational mandate. Of course. Yeah. No, I think that's so important for all organizations too really, you know, have within their company structure. How do you personally find that time to, it sounds like I know you do most of it in the morning to do that kind of reflection, touching on how you force yourself into that time to focus on the balance. How do you instill that in the organization as well? Honestly, I haven't done that as much as I'd like to yet, but what I, once we have like a team in the office that I see every day, I think it's something that I'd love to instill where it's more of just like, the mindset education around it. Cause I think a lot of people are just unaware of a, like how our belief systems work and how we can reprogram and rewire our brain. So it's a becoming aware and like teaching the educational piece behind it. And then it's, it's instilling awareness and instilling it's a daily practice. It really is. So it's not just like, Oh, I'm going to do this one day and be changed forever. Once we have a team in the office, I'd love to instill that daily every morning, maybe where we, do like a team meditation even, or something like that, where, or we go around and say something that we're, you know, striving for that week and really focusing on the goals and maybe what's limiting us and blocking us internally and how we can like bring that to the surface and kind of like face it and reprogram and rewire that. That's me. I think that'd be great to like instill within the team. And how do you find time to, to refocus during the day, right? I mean, nobody's perfect. So the, the best laid plans in war don't survive first contact with the enemy, right? So you take time in the morning to focus and meditate, visualize, journal, think about how you want to approach the day, the week, a specific meeting, whatever it may be. I imagine, you know, even something as simple as driving to the meeting, right? Might knock you off your game a little bit. Somebody cuts you off. Anyway, life happens, right? So... Uh, talk, talk to us a little bit about how you find time, you know, throughout the day to, to refocus, recenter, or or do you not need to, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not perfect. I mess up all the time. I'll say something and I'm like, oh, I wish I, I handled that differently. I work with my brother and it's, 
you know, no boundaries. Like <laughs> we fight all the time, but we also we get along really well and we complement each other's skill sets amazingly. So there's definitely working with your sibling triggers you in ways that you wouldn't be triggered working with just like a coworker, for an example. <laughs> I know you guys can probably relate. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not perfect. And I always reflect back and think, oh, I wish I did that differently. But it's honestly just becoming aware of, oh, I don't like that I said that. And this is what I want to say next time. Or I don't like how I showed up for that. And this is what I want to do instead. Sometimes it's really hard in the moment and, and taking that time to like, before you respond or react to take that time to like be quiet and just like think before. So that's really hard. And that's something I'm working on every day. So I think it's just like repetition of re of like changing the way you react and the way you think before you do things, you know, driving to a meeting is a great example. Like let's say someone cuts you off and then realizing, Oh, I'm getting, you know, I'm going down the wrong path mindset wise of like the negative emotions. Let's redirect that and focus on how I want to show up instead. And by the time you get there, maybe you want to take a couple deep breaths to just like get realigned and get your like thoughts and like emotions in order before you step into that meeting. So to make sure you're, you know, realizing how you're feeling. So you're not just like going in there feeling like pissed off. Yeah. I found when I'm late to meetings, I hate being late. It's a, it's a big pet peeve of mine. I've found when I'm late to meetings, I am less effective in the meeting mm-hmm. because I worry the whole ride up. Yeah. Oh man, I'm going to be two minutes late, five minutes late, 10 minutes late, whatever it may be in my control, out of my control. So I, I really try and recognize that I'm upset that I'm late and yeah. reframe myself before I you know really dig into the, the nuts and bolts of the meeting. And I've also found that a quick three-second pause in conversations and in meetings for maybe a question that is difficult to answer or in the middle of a negotiation is really effective for me to gather my thoughts and approach the next 15 to three minutes, right? However long my response is going to be, 15 seconds, I should say, hopefully I'm a 15-minute response. (laughs) 15 seconds to three minutes is very effective. In, in how I can communicate and how I can approach uh, approach just the individual needs of each meeting. Oh, yeah. Taking the time before to respond is like, I think one of the hardest things to do, but also one of the most beneficial. Well, it's a social faux pas, right? I mean, in meetings, when we do it here on this recording, we're supposed to talk, 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 no dead air, right? Even a half second of dead air feels a little weird, right? Even right there. Uh, so the three seconds can be a little weird. That's why most people don't like to do it, but I found it to be, to be very effective. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the best principles you've learned for fulfillment and consciousness from other people. I know you have a podcast that you just recently launched. So a congratulations on that. Thank you. But, but also, you know, talk to us a little bit about your findings from, from that podcast, right? What are the best practices from, from other people? Yeah. So I think when it comes to fulfillment, we want the things we want in life because of the way we think we're going to feel when we achieve them. So for me, I got kind of trapped in this mindset. I think a lot of other entrepreneurs do too, saying, I'll be happy when I get to X in revenue, or I'll finally feel fulfilled or achieved once we hit this milestone in our business. And it just prolongs your feeling of, you know, your desired states of wanting to be happy and achieved and fulfilled. And then when you hit hit that milestone, like you've probably heard so many successful people hit it and they're like, I'm depressed or I still have this like empty void inside of me. And it's like, okay, why does that happen? 
And the whole objective is to really shift that and decide how you can choose because happiness and fulfillment is like a choice and it's, it's a state of being. So how can I choose to feel happy and to choose to feel fulfilled in the present and throughout the journey of building my business instead of prolonging it and waiting until I finally hit that goal? Because then I'll, I'm never going to be happy because then once I hit that milestone, it's off to the next, you know, and it's going to be a never ending cycle. So it's figuring out how to find, you know, how to feel and be, it's a state of being, of being happy, being fulfilled within the present and throughout the process. So, I mean, an example is for me, I mean, I, I'm so passionate about my business and for me, I feel the most fulfilled and I'm creating and I'm creative. And so this past six months, I started just feeling a little bogged down with like the day-to-day tasks of being in my business that I started to feel like kind of like a, a void of like lack of creativity in a sense. And so I started a podcast and for me, it's just been such a fun passion project of the editing and the interviewing and of just a creation that I was kind of craving. So once I started doing that, it filled that void and I'm not feeling that within my own business anymore. That's just kind of one example. But, you know, my podcast has been really great of just interviewing different successful entrepreneurs who are not only successful, but they're also fulfilled. And I think that's the whole mission because we all want to be successful and crush it in life, but money, I don't think by brings you happiness. So it's really figuring out what fills your cups up, what buckets are they and how can you spend your life just trying to figure out how to fill that up. And it might not be just one, you know, we have multiple facets that make us feel fulfilled, you know, in different sectors and it's figuring out, okay, what's kind of lacking and how can I find ways to fill that? So I'm showing up and filling up my cup first before, you know, filling up others in the world. Yeah, no, I I really love that. So finding something that fulfills you that might be directly related to work or not directly related to work. I love being outdoors. You're in Southern California. I imagine you are also fairly outdoorsy, just yeah. given Southern California is what it is. So I found that when I work, even if it's as simple as the morning I spend working at home, if I spend an hour in the backyard on the patio with my laptop, you know, it brings a new sense of well fulfillment, right? For lack of a better term, to my yeah. daily work, I'm more productive. Uh, I'm happier when I go bend back into the office and I'm able to bring that positivity and that uh, that energy right to to the office. And that does help, you know, with office culture, but it also helps with productivity and effectiveness on whatever our goals for the day, week, and month are. Yeah. And it's so important because a lot of people think they have to be these big things, but it could be as small as working outside, like you said, or for me, it's going on an hour, you know, 30 minute walk to an hour walk outside. And it just kind of gives me, you know, a sense of fulfillment too. It's like, it doesn't have to be these big things. It could be so small and just figuring out what those are for you and how you can incorporate more of that into your life. Yeah. One of the things that I'm taking away from this conversation, which I, I so appreciate Teal is the idea that you really can only, you know, one thing that Matt in our organization, we try to instill and act every day and we're far from perfect, but it is something that, you know, kind of a guiding principle is this idea of servant leadership. And you really can't, lead or fill anybody else up sustainably on the long term unless your own cup is full right and running over right i mean that's the only way you kind of get that and that that refocus in in this excellent discussion on all the things that that kind of you found on your own personal journey and the things that you do and your focus in your organization has been incredibly helpful in reaffirming that as a leader and an entrepreneur trying to create something or build something you can really only do that sustainably 
right, over the course of a lifetime or a career if your own cup is full. 100%. That's a really good lesson, and and you clearly know more about that than than most. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah. So, how does the new puppy play into your fulfillment now? Honestly, I I was definitely like craving. I I'm not a huge dog person, which is crazy. Like out of the blue, I decided I wanted a dog, and. I think like when it comes to masculine and feminine energy, like I'm in my masculine a lot when it comes to work of just like execution. And I think this dog has brought more feminine energy into my life, if that makes sense. So it's like brought out the nurturing side and all these things that I was like not really showing up as. So it's been really like a beautiful experience, but also it's been very triggering because I haven't done my morning routine like the way I usually do all week because he's screaming, crying in the crate and pooped all over himself. So it's like... It's definitely been a challenge, but like, I'm so grateful for him in my life. And it's been honestly just like a great experience. And I'm really happy that I decided to get a puppy. It's just been, you know, it's a transition. It's a huge yeah. life transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Both, both David and I have dogs. And one of the things that I really love doing is taking my dog for a walk in the morning, you know, no headphones, no podcast, no, just a cup of coffee and, and my dog. Right, go on. Yeah. My son usually comes as well, which means that I'm carrying something else in addition to a cup of coffee. But you know, the reality is, having a dog, it's companionship, it's friendship. It gives you something, gives you something to do. Right, take him to the park, throw a ball, do whatever mm -hmm. it is that you want to take him to the beach. Right, again, Southern California, no shortage of things for you to go to go do with your new dog. So. Yeah, it gives you a sense of purpose with something you know depending on you or someone, and so it's like. I can't wait till I can walk him. He hasn't had his shots yet for the 10 and 12 week shots. So once he does, it's going to be, I think a lot easier <laughs> to be able to like go outside and take him on walks, but yeah. yeah and take him to the dog park. And yeah, exactly. Whatever it is you, you want to do. So thank you Teal for walking us through how to find fulfillment purpose and just be conscious in your everyday life and, and kind of cut through the noise that often comes with entrepreneurship and all the hustle and bustle. So we're going to move on to our rapid fire question section. These are the same five questions that we ask every guest of the show, and we just need quick, quick answers. So are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Great. What is the one habit that most contributes to your success? Morning routine. Love it. Dinner with three people, dead or alive? Sarah Blakely, Gabby Bernstein, Jay Shetty. Okay. If you had $1 million to invest, where would it be? Women-owned businesses. And what is the top skill you look for in your team? Grit. Grit. That's a good one. That's a great one. And what are your competitors' greatest opportunities? The resources to scale. Mm, interesting. Okay. I, I like that. So in, I imagine there's not too much shortage of, uh, of capital in Southern California, but I guess a lot of it goes then to tech anyway and, and is focused in the Bay Area. But yeah, the, the resources to scale in an equipment-heavy business, I imagine. Yeah, it's mainly like the logistics and resources that play into it. Because a lot of our competitors, I mean, our biggest competitors have the logistics kind of set up. So it's easier for them to scale. Whereas for us, it takes more time and capital to set that structure foundation up because we are a physical based like product. And you're in such an interesting market because people are going to drink coffee for the next thousand years, right? So it's never, <laughs> it's never going away ever, right? You know, our generation is starting to prove that because we're, you know, huge coffee drinkers. But it's it's very interesting because it's also a commodity. So you have the opportunity to package and 
provide service and a product that is otherwise a commodity that other commodities don't have, right? Corn and, you know, petroleum products, they just don't have that, right? And utilities, right? And, and uh, your industry does. So it's it's interesting because it's incredibly fragmented. And I love that. I love that answer because it's a huge demand industry, incredibly fragmented. And once you have a service and an identity, all you have to do is scale. So that's a great, that's a great answer. Awesome. So, well, thank you, Teal. I love the conversation. You know, typically our uh, our previous guests have been very kind of nuts and bolts, and it's always great to refocus on entrepreneurs and business leaders and organization and their people, which we haven't had the opportunity to do that. So thank you for talking us through what you do on a daily basis to make sure your cup is full so you're ready to lead and those benefits and how it's kind of repetitive and what it's brought to you. So thank you for that. Awesome. Thank you, Matt and David. It was awesome being here. Yeah, great to have you on, Teal. Thank you for joining us. And everybody, if you like what you heard, visit GrowthToExit.com and ShieldsLegal.com. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels. We post a ton of other relevant business content. And make sure to check out Vendy Bean, both their whole bean coffee that you can brew at home and their vending machines if you're looking for a, a nice perk for your office and your employees. Also, do not forget to look at Teal's new podcast recently launched, Real with Teal, it's going to be awesome, especially if you're interested in fulfillment and consciousness as it relates to your business. Thanks, everybody.